17.5. The disciples asked Jesus to increase their faith. And you know what? That ought to be the desire of the Christian too. Our desire should be the same, that God would strengthen and enlarge and increase our faith. Remember what the Apostle Paul said to the church in Corinth? And when he's talking about giving, he was talking about missions. And he said, when your faith is increased, I'll be enlarged by you. And the gospel is going to move forward. God wants our faith to grow. God wants our faith in Him to be strengthened. God wants us, the longer that we're saved, uh, to be more and more confident in who He is. Does that describe your life? Are you growing in your confidence in God's character? Remember Gideon? He told God, I'm not the right one. You got it all wrong. And God strengthened his faith little by little. He grew him so that by the time the rubber met the road and it was serious, Gideon believed the word of God. It's the same in our Christian life. God wants our faith in him to grow. How how does our faith grow? Well, let's look at a couple passages of Scripture. Go over to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. And I want you to look at verse 31. We can go back to verse 30 just for context. As John is closing, beginning to close the gospel that he wrote, he said, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. John says these things are written here so that you would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and believing you might have life through His name. We we know Romans 10, 17 that says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. What I'm trying to get at here is the thing that will grow our faith is a continual diet of the Word of God. Why? Why? When you feast on the Word of God, how does that grow your faith? Why? Because this book describes exactly who God is. This book is a supernatural book that gives us the character of our God, our Father. And it tells us all that we need to know about Him. And a steady diet, a continual diet of the Word of God is something that will grow your faith. Because you'll, it reveals more of who Jesus Christ is. John said, these are written that you might believe. Not signs given, the things that are written so that you might believe. You know what? You neglect this book. (laughs) And your faith in God is going to be weakened. Because you don't know. You don't know what kind of a God He is. You don't know His character or His heart. Go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, in verse 
14, the Bible says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. You know, when we assemble together in the house of God, we're assembling to hear the word of God preached. And Paul says in the book of Romans that people can't call on someone they've never heard of. They can't hear or believe in someone they've not heard of, and how shall they hear unless there's a preacher? The point that I'm making here is that you know preaching, and God has ordained it, preaching and the preaching of the Word of God and the hearing of the Word of God is something that we need to increase our faith. You need a steady diet of the Word of God, but you also need to be in the house of God. Amen? You start dropping out and skipping out, Faith is going to decrease. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8 and verse 12. Note this verse. Acts 8 and verse 12. But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. They believed the preaching concerning Jesus Christ. We need that in our life. We need a steady diet of the Word of God, both in our personal time, it reveals the character of God to us, and also in the preaching. But there's another thing that grows our faith that God uses, and it's trials. Trials in life. Go to James chapter 1. God wants our faith to grow. How does our faith grow? Through a steady diet of the Word of God, but also God uses other means to increase our faith. And sometimes that's trials. In James chapter 1 and verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that she may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. It is the trying of our faith that causes us to grow and brings about completion in the Christian life. James says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. What a strange, strange verse. If you understand some of the words here, the word fall into, it's not talking about, you know, accidentally stumbling and falling into a ditch or a hole in the ground. That's not what the word means. But he says, brethren, you should be happy. You should be happy when you fall into. It mean, the word fall into, it means to be surrounded by. On all sides, you're completely surrounded by what? Diverse temptations. The word divers means diverse, different kinds. In the word temptations here, it simply means adversity, adverse experience. And so James is saying, brethren, you should be happy when you're surrounded by adverse experience in your life. 
In other words, you're surrounded by trials on every side. Who's happy about that? Count it all joy, he says. What a strange thing to say. Who's happy about that? He says you should be happy about it because you know something then. Verse 3, knowing this, that this trial of my faith is working patience in my life, and patience, when it has its perfect work, completes me as a child of God. In other words... God is trying to increase and grow my faith in Him, which then in turn matures me in my Christian life and brings glory to God. It's amazing how that works together. That's not typically our response to all the trials, though. But God uses them so often to grow. How many of you have walked through that road before at some point in your life? Some adverse experience, something you've never experienced before, and it is hard. It is hard, and you don't always respond rightly to it. But it causes you to plead with the Lord and to, and to try to, to, to talk with God and ask for His grace. And somehow, somehow, God walks us through the trial, and we look back on the other side of it, and we're, we've grown in our faith in God, and we're like, look what the Lord did. I love the Lord for what He did in my life. I'm so much stronger today because of the trial that God walked me through. God is able how many of you experience that in your life at times? What a shame and what a sad thing for Christian people who say they love the Lord to never know that experience, to never know what that is actually like. You read words on a page, but you don't know it in the heart. You understand what I mean? God wants our faith to grow. And He'll use trials in the life to do that. And I know these truths, not because they're just written on this page, but I have lived it. I know it. My confidence in God has grown. God wants our faith to grow, but our faith can also be weakened. That's a sad thing. Faith is not like salvation in that once you have it, you forever have it. Just as we can have our faith increased, we can also decrease in faith. Jesus made mention of that several times to his disciples as their faith being weak. Remember that? We can even have responses of no faith. In Mark chapter 4, we don't have to take the, take the time to go and read it, but Mark chapter 4 in the context is Jesus is calm, calms the storm and the disciples are in the middle of it. And Jesus said in verse 40 to his disciples, he said, why, why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? They'd seen Jesus work miracles. They'd believed the Lord before. But in this case, in this particular instance, Jesus said they had no faith. In Matthew chapter 6, right after Jesus gives the model prayer, on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says to His disciples in that context that they had little faith. Wherefore, if God so clothed... Matthew 6.30 Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today 
is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Again, that was talking about the character of God. That his promise and his care and his love for his children. And the, and the idea was, the idea was that if, if God takes care of these little things, the grass of the field that's here today and then gone, how much more, how much more is God going to clothe and take care of you? Because he said he would. Little faith. But we worry and we fret. Matthew 14, 31, And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Why did you doubt me? He said that to Peter. As Peter had enough faith to start walking on the water, but then he began to sink. And his faith was little. His faith was weak. He was like, man, I think Peter had some pretty strong faith to get out of the boat and start walking on water. But he said, O thou of little faith, why did you doubt? You started good. Why did you doubt? What is it that can weaken our faith? Well, there's lots of things that can cause our faith to shrink or be weak. False doctrine is one of those things. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Doctrines of devils can cause people who were once strong in faith to even depart from the faith. There are times when trials, or we could call them tragedy, there have been times when tragedy has caused somebody's faith to falter. It's caused a broken heart. It's caused damage in their life that because they haven't kept their eyes on the Lord, they've become discouraged and walked away. Their faith has wavered. There are things like backsliding. There are things like inordinate affections, like a love for the temporal things. There are things like the love of money that can begin to draw us away and weaken our faith. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. How does that cause our faith to be weak? Well, we put our trust in temporal things. When our trust is in temporal things, we don't need to trust in God. Or so we think, or so we behave. Wrong influences in our life can cause our faith to become weak. Having the wrong influences talking in your ear or their lifestyle influencing your lifestyle can change a person and can cause our faith to become weak. Faith is not something that once you have it, you always have it like salvation. Faith is something that needs to be exercised. It needs to be practiced. It needs to be worked. 
like those muscles that have to be worked, constantly worked in order to get strong. But you got to maintain that. you got to keep working it. Faith is like that. Faith should be practiced in our life. In fact, it should be practiced in every area of our lives. The Bible says, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Romans 1.17 says, the just shall live by faith. Faith is required as we live, as we walk in this daily life. We're to live by faith. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13 that we're to stand in faith. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7 that we're to walk by faith. 1 Peter 5 verses 8 and 9 says that we're to resist the devil by faith. And there's several more. We're to take on the shield of faith in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 16. And the Bible says that the shield of faith enables us to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 tells us we're to abide in faith, dwell in it. Philippians 1.27 says we're to strive together for faith. 1 Timothy 6.11 says we're to follow after faith. Colossians 1.23 says to continue in faith. And 2 Peter 1.5 says we ought to add to our faith. It's, we could go on and on. The Bible speaks a lot. And again, there's faith for salvation, but there's also faith for the life that we live after we're saved. It all revolves around faith, confidence in God and His character. There's a clear command in the Word of God to live and walk by faith. What is it? It's confidence in God's character. Not in temporal things or my own understanding or what I think I know, but faith in God and His Word. And when we live by faith, the Word of God tells us that God is going to reward our faith. What is the result of a life lived in faith? The outcome of a life lived in faith is always good, and the reason for that is because faith pleases God. Amen? Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. God is pleased when we trust Him. You know, there's trials that come in life, and it brings fear with it. And what happens when we can't manipulate or control all the circumstances? There's more fear. And what happens when there's some things that they just work out just how we wanted and we manipulated those circumstances? All of a sudden, there's something else that we're fearing now. The only thing that really calms fear is faith in God. Faith calms our fears. We're not sheltered from bad things in this life. But in the midst of them, when they come, I have the promise of God that He will never leave me nor forsake me. I also have the promise of God that all things, even those hard things, work together for good to them that love God. My confidence is in the promise of what God said. And so I don't need to fear in the middle of the storm. There's an answer somewhere. God has it. Faith is also something 
that cushions our fall. And I say it like that because, you know what, I'm not immune from sin and temptation in my life. We have a sinful nature still, don't we? We have the new nature, which is created after Christ Jesus, that agrees with God, but we also have this sin nature, and we fall. We fail sometimes. But you know what? When I fall or when I fail, I have God's promise that if I would confess my sin, He is faithful and just to forgive my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. That cushions the fall to some degree, doesn't it? That I've not messed up to the point that God can't forgive me or I've lost my salvation or, or whatever. I need to confess it. I need to agree with God and God is always faithful to forgive it. And that relationship is restored and sweet again. It's a promise. I don't know what I'm going to face tomorrow. But I know that when all of my tomorrows are done, I have a future that is secured in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Faith confirms my future. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but when all the tomorrows are over, I know that I'm going to stand with my Savior. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. What a confirmation of our future. That's what faith does. And so Jesus said, in context of that, let not your heart be troubled. Amen? Believe in God. You believe in God? Believe also in me. Have faith in me. Faith also challenges our failures. And what I mean by that is that faith believes what Philippians 4.13 says, is that I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You know what? Sometimes people feel like they're failures. People feel like they don't have anything to offer. People feel like they don't have anything to give and they're weak. But faith believes, Philippians 4.13, that I can do all things through Christ. Faith says that we can be all that God wants us to be. Faith accepts the notion that we don't have to settle for second best. No matter what your past is, no matter where you've come from, you don't have to settle for second best. God has the best in store, and I can do all things through Christ. Faith says that we don't have to lower the standard down to the world. Faith simply takes God at His word, and faith moves forward serving Him. Through Him. Amen? Let me ask you this question as we close. If your faith was put into a measuring cup. What amount would you have? The longer that we're saved, the richer in faith we ought to become. The more that we see the hand of God, the more that we see the presence of God, the power of God at work, 
the more that we enjoy His presence in our life, the stronger our faith should be and even will be, which increases what God can and will do in your life. Did you know that? It increases what God can do and will do in your life when your faith grows. We are talking about these characteristics or these, this fruit of the Spirit. Of the nine mentioned as fruit of the Spirit, there's more taught about faith than any of the other ones. I don't know necessarily the reason for that, but I wonder if that's because faith is both the foundation and the practice of our life. We like to walk by sight instead of faith. That's the human tendency. But we need the Holy Spirit of God to help us to trust in Him, the one who saved us, amen? The one who has sealed us for eternity. We need God's Spirit to help us trust in the Lord. And again, it's not, it's not about working harder to try to produce faith. Rather, it's more yielding to the Spirit of God and then responding to the promise of God. Amen? When there's faith, it'll be proven. It'll be shown in our action and in our response. Faith is fruit from a Spirit-filled life and that Fruit is a life of believing and trusting in God. That's your faith. Consider it tonight and ask yourself the question, do I really live and walk by faith? Well, God commands me to. I need to, to please the Lord. But it means I need the Spirit of God to empower me and enable me. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to live and walk by faith, to truly have confidence in the character of God. And a life lived in faith is a life that there's less fret, less fear, more confidence in Him. And Lord, as you grow our faith, it enables you to do more in our life that will absolutely point to God and bring glory to your name. And I wonder how much is missing and how much you want to do to manifest yourself and to prove your power and to show your hand. But God's people just don't walk by faith. Won't step out onto the water, and believe you. Lord, I pray that you'd increase our faith. Like the disciples said, Lord, that it would not be said of us, O ye of little faith. Lord, I pray that our heart and mind would be such that we would test your character, test your promise, in our life, put the principles of God's word to the test and see just what you might do that our faith would grow. We so often say that we believe God and we believe that God can do it. 
But we refuse to put our feet to our faith and prove it and take the step. And Lord, I pray that you would grow us in our confidence in you and your character so that you might receive more glory from your people. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.